Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast, where we are figuring out how to invest. That's what oh, we do. Yes, yes, we are. I like that. If you're just joining us right now, you're going to be quite surprised because we're not talking about oh diversification, and <laughs> no. you know, <laughs> and more. We more had we had that debate. Trust me, and we've yeah. moved on. <laughs> I moved on six years ago from that. Yeah. So catch up. <laughs> we're uh, deep into Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger style investing, and that's what we do. And here we go. Let's That's what we do. This. Yeah. I mean, last time we talked a bunch about we had a, kind of a crazy conversation, I feel like, about Bernie Madoff and the experience that, and the like pressures and um, incentives, maybe perverse and incentives and integrity that is required of somebody trying to be a true, well, a speculator or an investor, but I'll say definitely a true investor over a long period of time. And as we ended, I kept thinking about that moment that the market was dropping back in March last year after the pandemic really started going around the world finally and people started really taking it seriously and lockdown started happening, shut down a business started happening and the market reacted. And it was a really intense time because it was the first time that I've been through a drop as an investor. I mean, I've been through it as a human and just sort of like I vaguely remember sitting there in like, you know, 99, 2000 when the dot-com one happened and just being like, I have no idea what's happening around me. And in the 2007, 2008 one, I was in law school and I remember like that was a huge thing because I was in New York. It was literally happening like downtown from me. And I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this time I knew what was happening. And that was a completely amazing experience for me. It was really, um, I mean, I hesitate to say this because it, it, there are a lot of people who had a really hard time, but I felt really joyful as that was happening because I think partially because I knew what was happening. Like I wasn't confused. I wasn't scared. I had some sense of the reasons of the cause and effect, the reasons that people were selling their shares of stock and it made sense. And so I was kind of watching it like, okay, yeah, like this is, this is actually like, I think a reasonable response to what's happening in the world right now. Like this makes sense to me. As opposed um, to say Madoff's response, which was, yeah, you know, not obviously the, I guess, yeah, the one in 2007, 2008 is what busted him. He, was it? People yeah, started yeah, yeah, pulling right. their money out and said, give me my money, I'm afraid yeah. uh, that there, we're not a full market meltdown. I want my money back. And he didn't have enough in his Ponzi scheme to cover all of the requests. Yeah, yeah. So he fessed up. And um, and what got him into the problem, who knows for sure. I mean, some people argue that he had been in it all along. But typically what happens is a fund manager that gets in trouble like this and starts a pyramid scheme will 
get there because the market drops and he has a great amount of fear of loss of prestige, loss of position, loss of all of these things, not, not just money, but also loss of money. And I want to, I really want to talk with you guys about, about that to prepare yourself because what Danielle is experiencing is very unusual. I mean, when the market exactly. drops. And that's why I wanted to bring it out. I wanted to make sure that we talked about that a little because it is very unusual. It's weird. It would be like, yeah. oh, everybody's sick, but I'm so happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's really awkward. It was um, awkward because I was texting people like who I know who are investors in the investment world going like, this is so exciting, guys. Like, aren't you excited? And I was getting these texts back like, no. <laughs> Stop no. saying like, like and very if awkward. <laughs> if it hadn't turned around and you had kept up that exuberance, I promise you, if it was 2007 and this thing was going to go down 50, 60 percent, the messages would start being longer than just no. It would be some hate on you. I'm thinking. Oh for, well, no, not from people who know well, maybe me. Not no, your friends. I'm not like talking about like you know pe- strangers. These are like personal people who people in my life. No, but it was um. It was definitely like it occurred to me at that moment that not everyone was having the same experience as me. And so one what? person I know said like, well, yeah, like you have cash to buy things. So like, of course, you're feeling good. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally right. Like if I yeah. were 100 percent invested right now and just watching everything go down, how would I have felt? I actually truly think I wouldn't have really felt that bad if because... By definition, I should be confident in what I owned and um, hopefully be able, if I were a fund manager, be able to raise more money and buy more of what I owned. But that is hard to do when the market is dropping. So I think there's, you know, I I get it, like I understand, but at the same time, I think that if you're going to be managing your own money, your family's money, your mom's, your dad's, your husband's, your friends, whoever or professionally, as you pointed out last time, market drops happen. They just do. Or maybe we're in some kind of crazy new universe where it's never going to happen again, as you also pointed out, <laughs> because see. the government will keep it from happening. It's going to happen again. Let's but assume let's go it's going to happen again. So let's I go think through what causes you I to... I think having that, being ready, having that experience of being ready and not having a complete emotional breakdown is really, really, it's everything. So actually, I'm curious, what was your experience during oh, my. that time? I don't remember any, we didn't even really talk about it that much. I don't remember you having any like particular emotions about it, except like it's finally happening, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think um, my, num- it, uh, so first off, you guys, you're all going to go through emotions. There's going to be emotions. Um, and it's, it's really wonderful when you figure out how to be a this type of investor, this sort of Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, what we call a rule, a rule one type investor or ruler, is that uh, you've you've figured out how to structure your portfolio and your head in a way that benefits from chaos. Um, mm-hmm. You you have in effect become not fragile. You've become anti fragile in, in Nicholas Taleb's words. Each affects the other the head and the portfolio. They do. The head and the portfolio are affected by each other. Um, in other words, you've become uh, an investor who benefits 
for pretty much whatever's going on in the market. This is what anti-fragile means. It's like if, if the tide goes out, you really benefit. If the tide comes in, you really benefit. You, you don't have a market that you don't benefit from. And this is, this is really interesting. This is something Ben Graham invented and Warren Buffett has perfected, Charlie Munger, and passed it down to us. And you can read about it in 60 letters on Berkshire Hathaway, what the process is. You can read about it in the book Invested. You can read about it in Guy Spears' book, um, Confession. What is it? I got, I got to say, I'm about to start going through them on my, uh, on my newsletter, The Invested called? Practice. So if you want to join me, join The Invested Practice. Which book? What go. are you talking about? I'm thinking Guy's, about my awesome newsletter. Guy Spear. Oh, You're not even ed- listening to me. Educate. I know. I'm thinking about my future project <laughs> that I'm really excited about. <laughs> that I worked all day on education of a value education investor. of a value investor. Right, you can read about it in Monash Prabhai's book, the Dondo Investor, and so there, there, there's so many resources out there um, that you can read, but they're, they're, it's difficult to get it honestly in a deep level until you actually get hands on and then start to work ah. with real, real money actually. Yeah. Okay. And so so what my was experience, your experience? Was this. my experience was this: as soon as it started to tumble. Um, we raised more capital immediately Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of money come in. It was great. Um, we lost no investors as it started to tumble. So we were really excited about that as well because people have been trained by us as to what was your internal experience? Our internal experience was twofold. Number one, um, we had several companies drop into the margin of safety area for us and we bought them um that's external hmm? yeah but what did, but what that did was you fun. feel personally <laughs> not we fun. well i'm trying to explain okay for the, <laughs> the first thing we thought was okay we, we can buy companies let's do it all right the second thing is um and i'm talking about during that there's about a, a week one week period in there or so mm-hmm. so we have we had some cash we had about 30, 30% cash that we could spend, all right? So we got companies, it's coming down, so we're excited we can buy some companies. So there's excitement, that's the first thing. Inside, inside. Phil Town. It's excitement inside Phil Town. He's <laughs> looking at me like I'm not even in the <laughs> Well, because you keep saying subject. we. You personally okay, me, is I, what I'm interested in. And my team, we're all about the same place. Okay, so that was the first thing. Second thing was, um, the market stopped going down mm-hmm. and popped back up. Mm-hmm. And we had tranched into several of these businesses. So we didn't get enough. Mm-hmm. That was frustrating. And we didn't mm-hmm. pull the trigger because mm-hmm. I was sure it was heading on down. Mm-hmm. Me more. too. All right. So it started back up and I didn't do anything. I should have listened to my own advice and piled it in there. But That's not your advice, yeah. though. Your advice is to tranche, No. Tranche, but if it starts to come back out of the margin of safety, get uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Right? But that's easy to say and harder to do when yeah. you think the market's melting down completely. Right, right? totally. Pretty, pretty much a reasonable thought at the time. All right. Second thing was we've got 70% of our positions going down. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, for example, Boeing was one. And um, we had bought in aggressively. We had short puts. So now we're being probably put the stock we are, and which is filling filling up our our plate pretty much, and the stock's going down like a brick, and it goes down to a hundred, and we bought more, but we were 
so loaded and and we have rules around us that we can't do everything we want to do exactly so we were just stuck we couldn't we wanted to buy a ton of it at that price and we just couldn't do it because we would have to sell other stuff at a loss because everything's going down right all right so that was frustrating um then the the stuff that was going down my feelings around that was thank God we bought all this stuff on sale. And it hadn't gotten very far away from being on sale and That's was going great, down. That's a great, great point. Yeah. And we were just like, yeah, my God, how far is this going to go? And how much can we load up? And we, the one big mistake that I made was I didn't load up everything. The market was down 37% um, at, the, at the bottom. And I just thought, you know, in the, my other experiences of a real major meltdown, which I thought this was, was in 1999 and 2007 and 8. And in both times, you know, sitting tight was the right thing to do. And we waited and waited and waited and got in. Yeah. Um, really low. So I was thinking 50% down and it just didn't happen. They were so quick to, to solve it. Yeah, yeah. And fix it. I distinctly remember there was one day where... And I was watching the prices of, of companies I really wanted. And there was one day where it was just about at a price I was comfortable with, with a margin of safety, but not all the way there. Like it was, it was just on the edge, you know, yeah, for one day. And I literally had your voice in my head and it was like, it's going to take six months to a year to melt down. There's no rush. And I was mm -hmm. like, cool, I will sleep on this and I'll see what happens tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And the next day was that pop up. Mm -hmm. There was one day where it was right where it was supposed to be and or not actually not even quite where it was where I was comfortable with it. And uh, because it wasn't all the way there, I didn't buy those particular companies. I bought other ones which were less uh, exciting too other people well, so they stayed down a little longer but well just sort of to, to tell you kind of how things went i mean roughly speaking okay um without getting into too much detail here the dow was down 37 percent. in general we were down about 17 so that was the first kind of amazing thing that happened from the portfolios is the market was down twice as deep as the stocks that we owned and that's because we'd bought them on sale mm -hmm. there wasn't mm -hmm. very far for them to go right plus we had a cash cushion that wasn't going down at all all right so those two things were great because let's um, talk about that a little more because if you don't buy it on sale what that means is you bought it at what what would you call what would we call that full price high yeah, price. full price yeah um, high very high price usually. expecting that it will continue to to go up as the company makes money the price will basically grow but always kind of at a commensurately high price right which is i think you know a lot of people are thinking these days and i get it but when the market then has a drop like that and all of a sudden prices are more on the average level and may continue to be commensurately average going forward you yeah. got to wait that out a, a decent amount of time probably to get back to just to where you were and this is the the tough the tough part about advice to diversify and and just hold is it's very hard for most people to hold on to something that's dropping let's say down 50% and 
in a typical market drop and and feel feel fine about it because they don't know what the thing was worth in the first place. So so if you bought Boeing, let's say at four hundred and sixty dollars a share, um, on the advice of your financial advisor who's saying that you know he's an efficient market theory person who thinks that all prices and values are 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 correct, that price is value. So you bought it at four sixty, full of confidence that price is value, everything is good. And then Boeing started going through all of these problems, right? The Boeing 737 MAX, mm -hmm. and just about the time it starts to look like maybe that's going to recover and the stock starts to come up a bit, then it gets hit by COVID and the airline shut down. And, and you're sitting there wondering, have I made some terrible mistake with, with my portfolio? And this is why people don't buy a lot of st a stock, because they don't have confidence in their ability yeah. to, to decide, yeah, this is super cheap. Right, whole different ballpark. If you so now you bought it at four sixty and the stock is at one hundred. How are you feeling about that? I feel like you're feeling crap. probably scared. Like why like, wouldn't this go bankrupt next? Totally. Right, and now Boeing's taking on fifty million dollars of debt. I mean, you don't know what's going on. You have no sense of it, and so well, it's hold on. Be Let really me just. Scary. I mean, like just because somebody bought it four fifty doesn't mean that that was the wrong price to buy it at. Maybe that's a great price. So well, okay. I mean, I don't follow Boeing at all. I have no clue. So if the point is, it has to be a price that the buyer understands and knows why that's a reasonable price and why the price should grow over the next 10 years. And but even if you do understand it, you have to have a margin of safety. This is the three yeah, most important right. words of investing. Good point. Good point. Is OK, great. You understand it. But oh, great. You're also human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, there are things that happen and that you also, don't like, possibly imagine. Exactly. Crazy things happen. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Right. And so you, you that margin of safety is what protects it. So, for example, just again, to, to make the point, when the stock is at 460, um, we didn't we weren't even thinking of owning it. We look at it and it's way, way up there in terms of its price versus intrinsic value. We feel it's fully valued and not crazy value, but fully valued. And then this 737 max problems start to happen and the stock price drops down toward 200. OK, so it gets almost cut in half. Mm -hmm. And that's when we started moving on it by selling, um, basically selling other people insurance that will buy their stock from them at a price we want to pay. So the stock price hadn't gone down as far as we were ready to buy it, but we could, it went down far enough that we could say, and go into the market and offer insurance. Let's say we're willing to buy it at $200 a share and the stock's at 250 260 We can offer insurance to people and say, we would be happy to buy this from you. Um, this many shares for this long of a period of time at $200 a share. We'll pay, we'll, you'll pay us an insurance policy. And people were so scared um, for one year of insurance to buy, to have, to have the surety that they could sell that stock at $200 a share. They were paying us $60 ballpark. I, I might be off a little bit, but I'm pretty close about $60. In other words, by doing that, if my risk is $200, I'm making $60. That's 30% in a year. All right, well, that's 
that's something I'm interested in doing. I, I will do that all day. And I, I don't know if we did it exactly 200. I think it was at 220. Anyway, you, you get the general idea, right, Danielle? Yeah. Is that you're selling and I'd sold people the right to force me to buy their stock at 200 when I'm sitting there hoping I get a chance to buy it at 200. Mm -hmm. And then the stock goes through 200, like, you know, just hot knife through butter all the way down to 100 when COVID hits. Mm. And now we can sell insurance at 60 or at, at 100 or whatever we you know we can we can be assured that we can buy positions in this company and get a huge return at the same time anyway i, I don't want to get all into that but there are really great things to do as a company starts to go on sale and the most important great thing to do is to buy it <laughs> buy it aggressively <laughs> when it goes on sale. And in order to do that with confidence, you have to know the value of the business. Oh, yeah. But you also have to have money, <laughs> which was kind of the problem for a lot of people. Okay, look, that put, put it like this. I agree. You have to have money. Now, let's say the house across the street sells for typically $460,000. Let's say it's a townhome and they sell for $460,000 per townhome. Okay. Okay. And all of a sudden, there's this massive meltdown in real estate. Mm -hmm. This actually happened to my mother-in-law, so I know. To your so the four hundred sixty thousand dollars to five hundred thousand for a townhome. All these things are identical, and a year later, they sell for two hundred thousand in foreclosure. Okay. Would you find the money? Could you? Could you? Would you be motivated somehow to get your hands on one of those things if you knew that was happening and you knew the value, you knew that they rented for a 10 cap at 460,000. That was the 10 cap price. Mm-hmm, right? yeah, I get it, yeah. In other words, the yield on a $200,000 purchase would be about 20% a year. Would you do everything you could if you understood what I just said would you do everything you could to buy that townhome? I don't know. Probably not. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> oh. I'm not going to do everything serious? I can to come up with some kind of janky deal. No. Janky deal. Yeah, I what don't is know. What is, janky what is, about would that? you do everything you could? It's so dramatic. I don't know. Uh, Maybe do sometimes. like three things. <laughs> three things. Well... <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you didn't do everything you could do later on, like as in a year later or two years later or today, 10 years later, when those things are selling now for a million dollars, you'd be very upset with yourself. You'd be I mean, you realize going, that I'm like a human in this world who lived through the financial crisis and all of real estate dropping like that. So yes, I have been there. I have been through this. I did not do anything that I could. So I'm fully aware <laughs> I mean, this is not like a, this is not like an imaginary situation. I think investing? every single person has been in that situation. Well, when did you start learning about investing? Uh, what six, year? Six of twenty fifteen. There you go. So you did not understand yet that you want to be able to be ready to buy things when they go on sale. So you didn't understand that yet. So there's so my excuse. Of course, excuse. you didn't do anything. Perfect. But now you understand and you're acting like you don't. What is it about this that you don't understand? I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, if that happened again, 
that would be one of the great investment moments. Because oh, you totally. know people have to rent things. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would do, Dad. <laughs> and there's I mean, money out there to, to yeah. lo- loan to you. You don't have to have $200,000. You can yeah, borrow may- some money. Maybe it would totally work out. I would probably uh-huh. do like three things. Yeah. Okay. This well, is who I am. That's where we're different. Yeah, that's I'm, where we're different. I am ready. I am. I'm willing to pounce on the things I understand. And how much did you pounce on at that time? Gosh, okay, let's see. We loaded up the truck and I went on TV and said, we're but that's buying not, everything we that's can. That's not doing everything you can when you have no money to like buy a townhouse. <laughs> I had money. You had money. That's my point. Money. You can, but you bought it on your computer. Like uh, that's a great shoot. situation. No, I also bought a farm that we live on. This is when we bought the farm. Good. We bought the farm. That sounds terrible. <laughs> So, so you know I think the takeaway the takeaway is being ready is a good idea, right? Being ready is a good idea. Finding the money but is a we, good but idea. But you have not yet answered fully how your experience was going through the drop. Like, were you sleeping? Was it comfortable? Were you yeah, agitated? It was, no, it was no. completely comfortable. I was did, you not feel ex- did you feel excited like I did? I felt very excited till the market just kept going back up and up and up and up and up and up. Ah, and we realized that yes. we'd just gotten priced out. Mixture that, of excitement and slow realization. And f- a little frustration. And then kind of a bit sad that, you know, we didn't, I, I guess, upset with ourselves that we didn't really, upset with myself that I didn't really pull the trigger harder on on a couple more companies. Um, you know who else didn't pull the trigger hard was Mr. Buffett himself, who I think I was... Took, what? I took a lot of solace in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, oh, I, Warren thought it was going farther too. I think he really Warren. did. And I think he yeah, even think so. wrote that, no, or talked about it in last year's shareholder meeting. Uh, he didn't say exactly that, of course, because he would never. But he said something like, it was amazing how the government uh, stepped in or something like, I was, was, I was waiting for the deals to come to like basically like the desperate people to come to me and they right. didn't because and they, they didn't. didn't because they didn't have to because they were able right. to get good loans without coming right. to somebody like Buffett. So God, I'm he, starting he to realize said, we're he said to a sound few like a little bunch things. of bottom feeders here. What this is, is really how are we sounding Buffett like was, bottom feeders? I'm waiting for the people to oh, be well, suffering true. enough to where they come to me. <laughs> this is like some kind of horrible guy. <laughs> That's true. Oh, the people didn't come to me. Oh, they, they, they weren't suffering. desperate enough for my there's another, there's terrible, another... onerous, usurious deals that I yes, would give them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but here's the other side of that, that I'm sure is the only side Warren sees, is that his company is such a financial powerhouse that he's there to come to the rescue. He's there to ride to the rescue. He sees himself, I'm sure, as a white knight. I certainly would. If yes, and that, he does you know, not force people into usurious, terrible, onerous deals at all. He yeah, actually he, gives people like pretty good terms. Yeah, and he's willing to step in and help the company survive, and that—that's his—that's his incredible legacy. And so I'm sure when he was talking about it, it wasn't from the point of view. Uh, no, no, it no. It was from the point of view we're standing by to help, and we didn't have to. If I made it sound like that, I fully did not mean to, <laughs> and I fully take it back, and I would never, <laughs> ever, ever. 
say something like that or mean anything exactly. like that. He's, um, he's a fantastic person. But we get and, to hear about him really soon. Yeah. Hear about him. We get to hear up. from him. It's coming um, up. Next weekend or this weekend. This weekend coming up is the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. And that's right. Uh, you can watch Tell it everybody. online with everybody What's else. Happening? There's no in-person meeting. Right. Tell us what and when and how. Well, gosh, you know, if I had memorized it, I would be happy to tell you. It's on well, Saturday, May first. Mm-hmm. It is in your time zone at a reasonable time, I hope, and it is on the internet. Okay, so here's were you able, what you were you do. able to Google it while I said that? I am perfect. I'm googling it. Okay, so Google Berkshire meeting because it's not Buffett. You probably Google Buffett too, and it'll come up. Um, broadcast kicks off at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and concludes at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, Buffett's, are, Buffett's saying to every one of you, direct your really tough questions to Charlie. You can write questions in. <laughs> <so> cool. <laughs> and, um, and I'm on, honestly not positive that's exactly for this meeting, but let me just double check. The 2021 meeting. I'm on the Berkshire Hathaway website right now. I that's right. It's All on right. May 1st. It's always the first Saturday in May. And don't miss the one o'clock because at one o'clock you get to watch a movie on the pre-meeting show that actually Buffett takes quite an interest in creating. It's usually very funny. Um, and then from that's to, till 1.30. And then from 1.30 to 5 is a Q&A. Um, okay. So be there. Charlie will be piped in. I think they're going to go to actually Buffett is going to go out to Charlie's place. Yeah, he's going and, to California. Um, yep. And they're going to do it. They're going to do that from there. So don't miss that. It's just a really, really kind of family, tribal get together. And the questions are usually really quite good. And they should be very interesting this year since Buffett's still sitting on $150 billion. So there's going to be some questions about how can you still sit on this ever since like 2017? Yeah. You've been camped and- out. And I hope there's there are questions about the tech purchases that Berkshire has been making and why they think those are at good prices. I'm very yes. interested in that. Yes, very, very. So I think that's um, we'll be back after the meeting talking about this next week, and so um, that should be quite quite entertaining. I'm All right. excited. All right, well, the seminal event of the value investing calendar. Indeed, it is. All right, All right. until then. Thanks, everybody. Hi guys. Time to go play. See ya. Bye. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that you're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only. And I really hope you enjoyed it.